Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. In the next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And in keeping with season 1, we were just looking at how we used to do this. You remember we used to look at the camera and be like, have you read it? Have you read it? Have you read it? Right? But uh, we trust that you've read it. It's four verses. It's not that hard. Right? So reading through these verses, there was one take-home message, and I hope I got this right, because I, I feel like a lot of the Bible sometimes is pretty cryptic. You're wondering, what is it? What, what? I don't always understand all the, the nuancing and all the background, but if I had to read these four verses and come away with, a, with some lesson or some kernel of truth, I would probably say that Jesus is a big deal. Jesus is a big, big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Big, big deal. What is the tune to Star Wars when it starts? We did this in season one, though. We, the, did, we were in season two when we did the Book of John. Did we? Yes, we did. Because it's the same thing. That's the, the imagery same that calling imagery. I see. I always get that wrong because I'm always wanting to sing the Superman one. So that's how that one go. Yeah, ask. I don't know. It's not coming to mind right now. But again, this is what's happening here is this cosmic unveiling. I mean, so many of these books begin with a cosmic unveiling precisely because we constantly need to be reminded that this story is of cosmic scope, hmm. right? And it's a cosmic scope, and that cosmic scope is actually taking part in a group of people, a specific group of people that are intended to bless the world through what they bring like what comes out of them, mm. right? I mean, this is, if you've ever read Justification by N.T. Wright, he makes this powerful claim, right? That justification, it, part of the idea here is that God is going to save the world uh, through Abraham's seed. I mean, this is scripture, but the way that uh, N.T. Wright says it in the book, I'm going to have to get the book at some point and recall. He has this long sort of line that he constantly uses over the book, right? Okay. And what I mean is that the... When I say justification, that it is God's promise to save the world through Abraham, his family, and seed, uh, da, 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 yeah, da, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that what you have this 
universal story or the story that's going to encompass the whole of the universe that actually begins with a family, right? And that's actually began with a man named Abraham. And that Abraham has a wife who gives birth to this son. And that son has sons. And that son has sons, right? So you get the 12 patriarchs. He had many sons. Right? Abraham had many sons. But one of promise in particular, Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has the 12. The 12 become this huge body of people that have a name, Israel. And within Israel, there are these prophets. And the whole time, the same God that spoke to Abraham has been speaking to Isaac, has been speaking to Jacob, has spoken to the prophets that emerged in Israel, guiding them along the way in their history. And the culmination of this great story is that he has now spoken through Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so already we're introduced to the idea that whatever Jesus says is a big deal. Yeah. So we ought to pay pay close attention to what's said because if God has spoken in these at many various ways at sundry times, yeah. like the KJV says, yeah. in these last days he has spoken through his son. Okay. Hmm. So then who's this son? This is absolutely like mind blowing. Because but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Again, if we have this grand scope in mind, he is not merely the heir of the world, hmm. but the heir of all things. All things. So, uh, if if it's not just the world, what are some of the all? Because you know, like you know, Americans, we like to think that we are the world. Yeah, and, we are and, the world. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, and I would imagine that those of us on the earth, we also feel like we are the world. It, like it, it, it's all encompassing. Like yeah. we don't really often think about what is outside of yeah. the natural realm. Yeah. So, what is what is included in the all? The angels. So this is actually. Uh, I'm really glad you asked this question because it leads me to um, an idea that was best explained to me by. By listening to a podcast by Michael Heiser, and he had uh, David Burnett, I think, on the podcast. It's uh, the Naked Bible Podcast. Oh, I can't remember name. what episode. Yeah, we should have came up with that name. A Naked Bible Podcast, yeah. meaning like he's not trying to dress it up with theology anymore. We're Ooh. just going to read it the way it reads, right? And one of the um, David Burnett um, goes into I think Genesis fifteen or Gen- where, where is it? Genesis twelve, Genesis fifteen, where. God takes Abraham outside, makes him the promise about the land, about his uh, posterity. He's like, look up in the sky, see if you can number. And what David Burnett points out is that it's not merely God asking Abraham to number hmm. these stars, but to actually look at them qualitatively. Okay, so, so there's the, not just lots of stars, but there's something unique about the stars yeah, that God is wanting him to notice. Because the stars in the ancient Near Eastern time are actually celestial bodies. Hmm. They are flickering bodies that are present. They're like celestial beings. So that when um, the Bible says you will shine like the stars in the heavens, Daniel, it's actually shining like celestial beings that belong to the heavenly supernatural realm. Huh. So that Abraham, his seed, is going to inherit even what is qualitatively distinct from the human temporal realm hmm. so that the seed that's coming from Abraham will not only be a temporal terrestrial ruler, but he shall also rule the stars and rule amongst the stars. So so this comparison is probably not helpful because I don't end up 
landing in the same place as these individuals. But when I got to interview my Mormon friends and part of the, the, the buildup of LDS theologies that eventually we become deities on our own planets and that we become celestial beings in this way. Yeah. There might be an element in which like we're ruling in the stars. We're part of this supernatural thing. Oh yeah. 100%. Not in the LDS way, but you know, again, there's something Michael Heiser's a, a, a helpful, a helpful scholar who's done a tremendous work on this where we, we take part in God's celestial divine counsel right. the in Elohim. the future, right? Yeah, yeah. We are grafted into the life of God in such a way that you have to understand that when we resurrect, we are resurrected in new bodies. And these bodies, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, are celestial spiritual bodies. They're not like earthly bodies. Hmm. So that we will be transformed. This mortal will put on immortality. Hmm. It will be swallowed up whole from the inside out. There's going to be this transfiguration oh. where we will be distinctly different. And we will we, be like him when he appears. Yeah, so we will belong now to a, almost a different realm, as it were, because Jesus... In the body he exists, he exists, exists in a human body, but it's, um, it is celestial. It is not of the earth, right? So when you see in Hebrews chapter 3, or uh, chapter 1, sorry, excuse me, that he is the heir of all things, this all is inclusive of all. It's hmm. not merely the terrestrial realm. Hmm. This seed that is to come, this, uh, this one whom God has spoken through, is the one who is to be Lord of lords hmm. this is what we have so far in hebrews so you can appreciate why i make this appeal continually to star wars because there's some cosmic intergalactical yeah, kind of all right, right on. On. so right. so the scripture here describes jesus as or at least in the esv was what is the word the exact imprint of his nature yeah i thought that was telling it is good isn't it why what was telling about it for you well just it's just not that this is new information but just the 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 preciseness of this 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 language uh-huh. of that Jesus represents the Father. He mm-hmm. who sees me has seen, seen the, the Father, Father yeah. but he's the exact imprint of the Father. And again, another cosmic book. It's all cosmic, but John, mm-hmm. right? In John chapter 10, this is what they want to stone him for. Mm. Like, well, what, what did I say? Why are you stoning me? We're not stoning you for any of your works, but that you said you're one with God. Uh, That's a blasphemy. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. But I am. But is it though? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly right. Where's the lie? <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, this is the opening of Hebrews, and if we were just taking our time here, verse three, he is the radiance of the glory of God. How do you hear the word glory? Oh, I actually heard the word radiance. The way you read it. All right. I just thought shiny. Yeah, he is the radiance of the glory. Glory also sounds very shiny. Oh God. All right. So shiny, right? I think. Glory, to some degree, is, and I think I've said this before, any made known attribute of God, any manifested main known attribute of his person, right? Such as? Uh, such as his love. Okay. Right? But in, in the clearest way, in the sense that Jesus is the light of the world in so much as he is the effulgence. This is, uh, I think King James uses that, effulgence, maybe? He is the radiance. He is the shiningness. He is the f- expression of the glory of God. Hmm. So the glory of God, his goodness, his attributes made known, his person, his being, his love, his compassion, his tenderness. Moses says, show me hmm. who you are. And what hmm. does he say? Long-suffering, compassionate. Like the, the goodness of his being is seen where? In Jesus clearly. There is no clearer hmm. presentation, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that Jesus is this revelation, 
right? And um, the exact imprint of his nature. So like you're saying, there's a specificity here about who it is that we're dealing with. We are dealing, and notice how these two realms, there's two realms um, finding their meaning, their goal together. Maybe, maybe goal is their meaning. They're being expressed. So you see Israel, because sure. beginning, long ago, many times, many ways, God yep. spoke to our yep. fathers. It's the story of Israel, with- the culmination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the culmination of what is- God is doing. So you see these two worlds coming together and boom, intersection, Jesus. In the incarnation. Oh, that's kind of cool. Super cool. This so it's is, not it's just... Tenet. I mean, because... Have you seen Tenet, by the way? I have Oh, wait. Yes, I have. The, the backwards... Tenet. Oh, that's super cool. Okay, right on. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Future meets past. Wow. Past meets future. All in the one who is never future or past, who always is. Dun, dun, dun. How you like that? <laughs> Should you be a screenwriter maybe in another life? Nah, man. Nah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. So one of the, the images that we're seeing here is not only that Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father, but we're seeing a specific action that I've heard a lot in kind of our faith tradition. I guess not even just in Christianity. Uh-huh. There's a lot of allusion to the moment of Jesus sitting down next to the Father. Oh, yeah, yeah, that he takes up residence as, as a vice regent, as co-ruler. He is now Lord of Lords. So for him to sit himself down in the throne is to actually be ruler. Right, because in those days, if someone who didn't belong on the throne mm-hmm. happened to sit on the throne, oh, there's yeah, probably... chop him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Interesting. But Jesus is the one that can sit down. So... You see that he is the culmination of the story of Israel, but he's also the revealing of the person of God. Nice. Right? Yeah. That's super cool. And then, uh, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Mm. I always used to think that that should say by the power power of his word. word. Right. But no. Okay. So it's not that he's just got a great voice and somehow magically everything works. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the word of his power. Yeah. What does that look like? I, I think the way I've understood it, and as I've pursued this idea, is that the power of the deity that we serve, the power of God, is that he is what he says. Hmm. And what he says is. Hmm. So if he says, Justin, that's a beautiful red shirt you're wearing, right? So that's the word of his power, is that he is he's creative. But he's this being with such integrity that what he says is what he is, how he walks and how he moves, hmm. right? Where who else is like that? Hmm. Who else has such integrity that exactly what they say is exactly what they do and exactly what they do is exactly what comes out of their mouth. So there is no shifting shadows within them. So if Zeus's superpower was lightning bolts, Yahweh's superpower is truth. Truth, exactly. That anything he speaks is. is it just is and that's really cool yeah and I, you know uh, there was a rapper who once wrote uh, a track that i i heard and it said um beyond god is god still is hmm. and at first i thought it was a silly line but i thought about another beyond god is is his isness yeah whatever he is that's what it is yeah so as he speaks that's what is so then what is the word of his power? Like he he is the ground of reality mm. and his word is what gives it permission to be. Mm. I, I mean, this, you see what I'm saying? We're talking about the unveiling of a different sort of 
to even call him a being is to fall short. This is where you can't say anything. You're like, what sort of power are we talking about right here? right because because when you think about the comparisons of other deities or supposed deities at the time they're they're fickle they say one thing do another thing they act on on their own accordance they're selfish they're manipulative yeah. all these things and yet yahweh stands supreme in that uh. his word is law his yeah. word is reality yeah. so not here so this is again you keep moving great line here and after making purification Four sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. But let's just spend a little time before we finish these first 10 minutes. Yeah. On We're almost at the end of our 10 Him minutes. sitting after having made purification for sins. Okay. Right? It doesn't sound like it's, you know, people always tee up the Sabbath like, oh, God worked real hard. Time to take a nap. Mm-hmm. It's not like Jesus' legs were tired. Mm-mm. So he needed to sit down. Mm-mm. It is that the intrusion of death into the realm of his sovereignty has been conclusively dealt with. Hmm. And he sits down as conquering and rightful sovereign. So if this was the end of a medieval movie, they just fought the great war, the enemy has been vanquished, the dragon has been slain, and now we're in the great throne room scene where everyone is celebrating, there's this processional that takes place, all the soldiers, they got their spears crossing, and the king walks through and they lift the spears, this is a really cool moment. He gets to the throne, turns around, sits down, and everyone hail the king. And see. Done. Um. And rightfully so. And on what basis that he made a purification for sin, Hmm. which is going to be a theme that emerges in Hebrews over and over that in him, sin has found its end Hmm. because in him is life, original, underived, unborrowed. And that life has overcome the domain of death. And that life is now mediated and given freely to the sons and the daughters of Abraham. Hmm. And we get to partake in that. We get to partake in it. No. So this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Jesus right. is a big deal. Jesus is a big, big, big deal. Pretty big, big deal. deal. Big deal. Oh, man. We, uh, we went a little over time. Oh, that's all right. Didn't quite hit 10 minutes. Oh, we did. All Maybe right. next time. Maybe next time we'll get there. Is there anything that you want to mention for uh, the movers out there as we go forward? Remember that we're moving with Internet Church. That's right. Yeah. Internet Church is coming up in, actually, depending on the, I'm, I have to re look at the spreadsheet. It's my, maybe this Friday. Yeah, maybe it's maybe next, next Friday. But, every other Friday. But if you want to know which Friday it is, you, you got to get the text phone this. number. You got to text Internet Church to the number 808 204 4372. I'm going to get that memorized. It'll be in the show notes, the description, Mm -hmm. text internet church. We'll keep you updated and we will be vibing with Hebrews. Hey, we would also love for you to have the opportunity to engage. We'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, whether you're commenting in the comment section of the YouTube video or if you're posting on social media, use a hashtag, the move or something. We'll figure out a good hashtag. Mm-hmm. Tag us right for now. Tag us at Love Reality, mm-hmm. JQ, all the things. You guys know the, the deal. Love to hear you guys. And of course, if you're able to, leave us a review on the podcast. All right. We'll, well, see you. we'll see you in the, our attempt at the next 10 minutes. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get it, it next we'll time. It. We'll get yeah. it next time. 10 minutes. All right.